0: People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring.
1: Wrestling fans and welcome back to another episode of the 20 by 20 ring crew as always I'm your host Matt alongside my partner Joe yo 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 and uh, we're here to talk some wrestling with you as always we got wrestling in the background we got the double TVs going Uh, on the uh, on TV to my left we have black label pro we're back from uh, some point in August can't remember the exact dates Uh, good to see them back and to my right, or directly in front of me, is uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Summer Struggle in Jinju, if I'm saying that right. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> it's a baseball stadium? Yeah, it's a baseball stadium. Okay, so it's a baseball stadium. It's outdoors. First time since 99, I believe, that they've been at this event. And uh, Look at that crowd. Yeah, man. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's roughly like 4,000, thousand people there
2: congratulations to them man that's just that does my heart good all socially
1: distanced yeah you know just people within groups small group people that are there together are sitting next to each other but everybody else is uh still practicing uh social distancing and all that stuff as we try to uh get through this pandemic as safely and efficiently as possible but it is good to see people in attendance it really is
2: absolutely
1: uh same thing with Black Label Pro, I mean, obviously a lot smaller in size, but uh, it's good to see some people there, everyone wearing masks, doing what they're supposed to do, but uh, still being able to enjoy live professional wrestling, so, and for, in- <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> and for live <laughs> uh, independent wrestling to be back, like that to me, that's that's Very awesome.
2: important, absolutely.
1: So, today we're going to do a little something new. Um, we, you know, here at, at, at the 20 by 20 Ring Crew podcast, we always try to be fresh and be a little uh, do things differently. Not, not for the sake of doing different things differently, but to keep it fun. And uh, uh, we came up with this idea of 20 questions. Uh, and right now we, we have a working title. 20 questions with the 20 by 20 ring crew. Uh, if you don't like that name, you can shoot me uh, an email on, on what you would, you should we should call it. So we're
2: doing 20 by 20 by 20? 20 by 20 by <laughs> 20. And uh, that's actually better.
1: Uh, uh, so what we're going to do here, uh, we're, we're going to go, Joe and I have a list of questions. Uh, and that's going to total in 20 if you can't tell by the name. And we're just gonna go back and forth. We're gonna we're gonna talk about twenty different topics that are happening in the wrestling world right now, and uh, we're gonna shoot on them. That's that's what we're gonna do basically. Absolutely. So uh, we're gonna start right now, and uh, and uh, here we go. So I want to start with something that I have had a problem with for a number of years now. Oh shit! I want to pick your brain here, and it starts with WWE. I want to start with the women's division. I want to start with Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks just recently lost the women's title, the Raw Women's Championship at SummerSlam, knocked off by Asuka. No shame in that, by the way. No, there shouldn't be. Sasha Banks is a five-time women's champion since coming to the main roster. But she has a total combined reign of 116 days and five reigns with a whopping total of zero successful championship defenses.
2: How the fuck does that work?
1: Well, that's what I want to know, because I want to know <laughs> your thoughts on, on those numbers.
2: You know what? I, I think there needs to be a, a big asterisk here, because to me, this is more than just numbers. When you When you put all that information together... And combine it with her, um, her getting—I uh, don't know what you want to use—but her upset, whatever, whatever phrase or words you want to use. But sure. uh, she got upset to the point where after her and um, was it Bailey? Were, were the they the, lost the tag team titles at WrestleMania? Yes. yes. After that happened. She was completely hurt by that and she took time away from the company so much so like it affected her so much so that She was contemplating leaving the company and even teasing going to AEW at one point now. I Don't know what has changed since then But here you have Again, she's in pretty much the same predicament. She loses a title very horrible rain as champ but what is different this time around why hasn't she why hasn't she got so upset I don't I, I don't know I don't know if they gave her a hell of a lot more money I don't know if uh, they promised her um, you know something something else for one of her friends I, I wish I knew I, I really would like to pick her brain about it but those numbers are are horrible, and and what doesn't add up for me is her reaction. How mm-hmm. do you go from being so upset at one point to where you're going to leave the company over something that just happened again, but now you're you're having a completely opposite reaction to it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know this isn't AEW where um, we are emphasizing on wins and losses and things of that nature. I just don't like the fact that somebody like this um, continuously never has that, that moment as champion that of successfully defending their title. Um, You know, we've seen championship reigns that end fairly quickly. uh, Certain wrestlers uh, never really seem to get that kind of push as champion. Mick Foley is one of them, but it, for Sasha Banks, it just seems to be an ongoing thing, and I, I would love to know what the situation is to why all of a sudden this is acceptable, where in the past it wasn't. My guess is that it, maybe she's getting the Dolph Ziggler treatment where we'll pay you as much as you want. Just shut your mouth and, and, and do the job. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but but I really... I, <laughs> you know, I am a fan of Sasha Banks. I am a fan of her in ring work. Not necessarily a fan of her character per se, but her in ring work is 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 very solid and always has been. I just think she deserves better. That's and, and that's really
2: my bottom line on that one. Um I know you are an avid video gamer and um you all you know all about Kenny Omega. And uh I I, I heard this quote the other day and uh it goes something like this a finishing move is not a finishing move if you have to hit it three times to win and uh, w- what I wanted to pick your brain about was first of all that statement uh, face value what do you think of it and two as a, as a gamer in general do you do you think how much influence does video gaming have to do with especially with uh, a promotion like AEW you know you've got Kenny Omega Who's part of the booking staff? Obviously, a, a huge gamer. That that's no uh, that's no hidden bit of information to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, why why has that become such a, a thing in wrestling? Why, why do why do all these finishers happen all the time and that like they never finish matches anymore?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh Kenny Omega saying that's kind of weird because I mean that's that's kind of hypocritical. Well no no, I? he didn't say it. Okay, he didn't say that. No, he didn't say that. Okay. Um yeah, as as far as as, as that goes, you know I I think the, as far as video game influence is concerned, I I don't know. I, I don't know um what I buy into as far as as that goes. I get he's a, he's an avid yeah, gamer. Um, I get that, but uh, for me, I don't know. I don't know where that correlates as far as the finishers go, um, because quite frankly, this is a, this is a culture that exists throughout all of wrestling, and and I, and I say that because I know there's a there's a fan base in WWE that that says you know they hate consistent power moves or finishing moves, and you know you, you see it over and over again, but. You constantly do that in big match in big matches uh, at WWE events. I think it's a whole culture thing. I think that's where wrestling is right now. Where back in the day, if you go back to the nineteen seventies, guys were getting fucking pinned from vertical suplexes and scoop slams. To where now, you know, a a super kick. You you know, me growing up in the nineties, super kick was that was it. That was it. That was it. You're done. Now you have super kick parties where guys are super kicking all the time. It's, it's supplemental moves. And I think as a, as a wrestling uh, as as a wrestling community, we have to just accept that for what it is. Um, I'll bring up a quick point here. Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Stunner. Okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin had a major stu- had a major issue with uh, Kevin Owens especially because of the, the Stunner that he was doing and not being a finisher, that a stunner is a finisher. That's what I mean by the the old man not being able to adapt to where wrestling is today. It's just, that's just how it is, because, but it's a revolving circle, because, for example, I'll I'll bring back up the women, you know, you look at something like a belly-to-belly suplex, that's not a finishing move for most people, you know, unless you're Scott Steiner, or in this case, in this era, Bailey, where a belly-to-belly is a finisher, it's just a. It's an ongoing. It's an ongoing cycle, as far as the use of multi finishers in a match. So if your finisher is a belly to belly, and they kick out at two, and you do it again, they kick out at two, and you do it a third time. I to me that's just that's just an old cliche of building hype and not knowing how to essentially be a little more creative in how you finish matches, because as we've seen. It, recently in in wrestling, which I which I can't fucking stand, I saw it at the SummerSlam pay per view where you'll hit finishers and they'll kick out, but a fucking roll up, and goddamn it, they're out. Yeah, right. So as far as going back to the video games aspect of it, it's like it's like hitting a special move and not and their bar not going all the way down, so you just start hitting a quick quick fucking high punch real quick and they'll knock them out. That's kind of what a roll up is to me. It's it's really cheap finish. Sure, yeah. Uh, as far as video game culture and 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 wrestling, I, I I maybe I'm drawing a blank here, but I don't I don't see how that correlates, other than the fact that uh, you know we see that in merchandise and things of that nature, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I think as far as the multi finishers and a match again, I'm not bashing on it. I I said you know be more creative. I'm not necessarily bashing on it. But I do feel that uh, we we have to just understand that that's where we're at as a wrestling culture right now, because I I think I don't think this is the first time that that's happened. We've seen we've seen finishers in in other eras, not necessarily like the golden age of wrestling in the eighties of that nature, but other eras where a finisher was not always the end, and it shouldn't always be the end. Okay um moving right along here I want to stick on WWE but I want to stick on somebody that hasn't had a debut yet and uh we know about evolve we know about evolve uh purchased by wWE we know that more talents coming I'm not gonna go through all of them I'm gonna go, I want to talk about one in particular and he doesn't like you but I want to know if he's gonna like his time in WWE, and I am talking about one Josh Briggs. Uh, a, a fan of Josh Briggs would know what I what I said there. Uh. <laughs> but uh, Josh Briggs is coming to WWE is this going to is this a good move for him? Is he going to have a good successful run in the company?
2: You know, you just talked about uh, culture and, and wrestling. I, I hate to say this, but I think there's that there's that counterculture going on right now where. You know all these all these performers, all these wrestlers, grew up and they wanted to have their their time there, and they wanted to have WrestleMania moments and the whole nine. And now you have this this counterculture where it's like, fuck that, I don't want to go there. Um, other than money, I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know who would want to go there. I really don't because if you're the if you're the type of wrestler who wants to be fulfilled, uh, fulfilled in their career more, and 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 it isn't just about money for you, then you're you're definitely going in the wrong uh, to the wrong place. You're going to work for the wrong promotion. Um, that's just where we're at right now, uh, as we see Cabana Dan, <laughs> <laughs> or Cabana Man Dan. Uh, over there on BLP Wrestling. But, uh, yeah, I, you know what's going to happen to him. He's going to get misbooked, or mm-hmm. he'll get watered down, or both. And he'll just become another guy sooner or later that they don't have uh, anything, creative won't have anything for. And then he'll sit on the shelf, and he'll become unhappy. And then he'll one out. I mean, isn't that the cycle these days? <laughs> it seems to be.
1: I mean, he's he's a big guy, but he's not overwhelmingly big compared to the guys that they already have. And
2: I mean, uh, fucking Tommaso Ciampa, who's fucking NXT to the day he dies. Like you would think they have him. Um, you think they would want him on the program all the damn time? Mm. Come to find out, I just found out. Uh, I'd say like a day before we're recording this, that the reason he hasn't been on NXT television or programming is because creative had nothing for him. How the fuck do you have someone like Tommaso Ciampa, who's pretty much either number one or number two in NXT, by a long shot, how do you have him off of fucking TV for months at a time? Because you don't have nothing for him. What kind of bullshit is that? It's crazy
1: too because they he he comes back and immediately gets put into the championship run. With yeah. the title. What happens if Karrion Cross doesn't get hurt? Right. And there's no fatal four way. You what? still
2: have nothing for him. Like what <laughs> the fuck?
1: Oh uh, man, that's that's terrible booking.
2: That's super terrible booking. Jeff Hardy, speaking of terrible booking. Uh, Jeff Hardy did an interview with uh, The Daily Star out there um, In the UK Mm -hmm. And uh, they they asked him About using personal Personal information Or personal situations in storylines And and, uh, I'll, I'll I'll quote him here And then I'll ask my question He says Even thinking back to the stuff with CM Punk When I was failing drug tests They turned it into a storyline and that's what I mean when I talk about roller coasters of good and bad. Throughout all of that, so long as I can continue to do good, especially with this my last chance to get it right, it is going to inspire people around the world that I'll never meet that need to stay sober to survive. Hopefully, I'm doing that through the television screen and helping people I'll never know. That's what he says. I wanted to ask you: Do you think this is a better way to get him over, or the storyline over, or is this just a quick way to bury him in the long run? Any performer.
1: you know we were talking about obviously talking about substance abuse and things of that nature. Um,
2: you which know, is, which is usually the case when it comes to pro wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, with Jeff Hardy, it's it's obviously one of the more well documented ones. Um, I've, I've never been a fan of, I see, I hear what he's saying. I hear what he's saying. And look, I don't, I've never been in that, in his shoes. I've never had, I've never battled addictions of that kind. So I don't, I can't relate to that on that level, but as a viewer and as somebody that, uh, thinks open-mindedly, I find it hard to to agree with that and say that he's doing good with it, or they're doing good with the writing the booking. When you have a guy like Seamus, which is clearly a bad guy, clearly a heel poking fun at a, at a person that is going through, or has, at one point has gone through substance abuse. I, I, I look at that and say like, you, you really are walking a really fine line. And and I'm. I'm gonna sound hypocritical here, because a lot of people that know me know that I am a big CM Punk fan. But the stuff that he did with CM Punk only worked because CM Punk, although some people would dispute that in his personal life, CM Punk was actually what he said he was in that Straight Edge. CM Punk created this character without Jeff Hardy to be straight edge and he created the straight edge society he created this cult like group that you know like this stuff that he used in the indies i'm some straight edge and i'm better than you where jeff insert jeff hardy who is well documented you're still walking that fine line sure yeah but this this works because not because i'm a cm punk fan but because you have two guys that and they in their personal lives if you're going to bring personal lives in this opposite side of the spectrum and CM Punk created this gimmick in this this group that was anti drinking, anti drugs anti smoking everything that Jeff Hardy's past wasn't and therefore you created this attack, this personal attack and it was exactly that, it was personal and it created really good television insert 2020 insert Seamus you just have a a heel he's a heel that's poking fun of his drinking why does Seamus care why did why does Seamus give a shit if he, you know if, if if Jeff Hardy used to be an addict or or what have you had this problem or that problem it's just it's just a force fed gimmick and when you deal with personal storylines like this it has to be just that it has to be personal, or it'll never work. So all you are doing is creating this character that probably doesn't that that the the guy playing the character probably doesn't give a shit about what what per people do on you know as far as their their personal habits are concerned, and you're just poking fun at a guy for having substance abuse problems, and
0: Before I put my signature on that that dotted line right there, you're gonna have to take a urine test. And Jeff, if you fail, which let's be honest, you probably will, then you're in a whole heap of trouble. And you definitely won't be getting that match of backlash, because there's no way I'm gonna step in the ring
2: with a junkie.
1: Look, I'm not about cancel culture or any of that stuff. I'm not really for over sensitivity. But also too, the timing is really bad right now.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll give you that one. <laughs> we, are, we are very much a, a, a very sensitive society. I just don't... I, none of this really works for me. And I think none of it really works for a lot of people. Uh, As of this recording, they've kind of gone ways from that, uh, from that storyline. But yeah, it was was just awkward the entire time watching it. It was awkward.
0: My name is Jeff Hardy, and I'm an alcoholic. And if this is what I have to do to get to you, then fine. I go to meetings every week, and I talk about how I've let my family down. I talk about how I've let my fans down. I talk about how I've let myself down. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. My demons are starving. And sometimes all it takes to wanna feed them is to be in the presence of a bastard like you. So I'll go along with your BS just so I get my hands on you this Sunday. And well, Jeff's doing his business there. Uh, This is a public service announcement from the Celtic Warrior to everybody at home. Kids, if you're a user, you're a loser. Don't wind up like Jeff Hardy. Don't do drugs. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Where the other one, the CM Punk example, CM Punk and Jeff Hardy example, it was also awkward at times, but it was it left it at the edge of the seat because again, these this was it wasn't just a storyline, it was a guy dealing with substance abuse versus a guy that was anti any substance. <laughs>
0: Now, let's talk about alcohol. I've saved the best poison for last. You see, because this is a gateway drug. Don't tell me not a single one of you in here has ever said, I'm gonna go out for one drink, and one leads to two, and two drink leads to three, and then it's a double of this and a shot of that, and then your head winds up in the toilet night in and night out. Congratulations. That is alcoholism. And in my book, if you even take one drink, you're an alcoholic. So I understand why you people love Jeff Hardy so much. I understand why Jeff loves you. It's because you're all weak. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you deserve better. This entire world deserves better. What you need is a leader. You need a strong leader who's gonna stand up in the face of adversity and just say no. You need a strong leader that's gonna carry the banner of the World Heavyweight Championship with honor, with pride, respect, dignity, integrity, and class. What you people need is a straight edge world heavyweight champion. You need C M Punk
2: And you know what, I going back, I can't think of any any personal storyline in in this manner where I felt comfortable watching completely like take a look at Scott Hall Scott back Hall, you know. Yeah. None of that was was uh, necessarily fun to watch. And you asked you asked
1: the, the guy booking it, you asked Eric Bischoff about that. That's one of his biggest regrets. Yeah. Was was was
2: brothers, Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's the Rattlesnake. Toughest SOB in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait a minute, Austin. We don't want any trouble, bro. We brought you a gift. Ice-cold beer from the NWO. What? brought you some beer, man, a gift. That's for me? It's for you. You heard I like to drink beer? I heard you like to drink a lot of beer. I ain't thirsty. You want to save it for later? All right, man, enjoy it, Steve. Thank you. Put the
1: man through, brothers. Clearly in need of help, but
2: it wasn't just Eric Bischoff because when the NWO came to WWE, right, that first time around, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can remember a a a backstage segment where, you know, they come to 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 meet Steve Austin for the first time, Mm -hmm. and he, you know, Scott Hall offers offers Stone Cold some beer and it just that whole exchange was so fucking awkward and then <laughs> it got even worse you know because here's stone cold fucking like pretty much kidnapping scott hall and you know force feeding them beer and it's like dude you know you go back and listen to shoot interviews like he was still battling being you know like trying to save his sobriety at that time and yeah it's like whether the, whether he was drinking shit you know as part of tv or not like just the, the subject matter alone, mm-hmm. like why would you do that to somebody?
1: I agree. Yeah. Sticking with personal uh, storylines here, things got a little personal in at uh, at WWE Payback that took place uh, a week after SummerSlam. Talk about shitty booking there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, in the Matt Riddle King Corbin uh, back and forth, there was a mention of. Matt Riddle's infidelity now for those keeping score Matt Riddle has been well known well documented at this point of being of having infidelity uh, with his wife with a former colleague of his that is uh, discussing things pointing the fingers in the Me Too or Speak Out I should say movement now we already talked about that but we talk about booking. We talk about using personal uh, situations for storylines. This right here is this just an example of really poor taste, or did they get something right here?
2: <laughs> you know what I? the The first place my mind goes is lazy booking. Um, it's it's almost like a crutch. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of this WWE booking these days is just so full of bullshit and, and and hogwash, man. But you've, I, I'm not trying to blame it all on one person, but obviously the influence of Bruce Pritchard on the booking staff is is there, and it, you know it's it's. I feel like I'm back in the '90s, mm-hmm. the early '90s, where he's he's definitely introducing these these stories and and they're very personal and you know don't get me wrong vince has has the final say so and sure. i i think uh more than anything vince mcmahon probably had a lot to do with this too because he's been known to sit there and like hey i'll use uh, situations i've been in you know and, and obviously it's well documented he's been uh you know, his fidelity has has come into play... On television. On television. So, <laughs> you know, this this isn't anything new, new to him. And yeah. You know, sometimes, uh, like Arn Anderson says, you're just trying to cater to an audience of one in that company. So, yeah, that's where my mind goes. I, I think it's just lazy booking. I think uh, they could have come up with something way different. And if that's not the case, and it was just something that was like a slip of the tongue, and, and he just... That was the way he rebutted. Fair point. If that was the case, and that's what happened, well, I, we're about to see it probably get a little more seedy between the two, you yeah. know. So, if that is, if that was written in there or or
1: told uh, to be said, uh, I, not only is it poor taste, it's it's really stupid because the, the, the this is still an ongoing investigation situation. Yeah. I I wouldn't touch this at all. I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole, if they, I think the saying goes. So. Uh, I would stay far away from Matt Riddle's infidelity just for the sake of the fact that we have a more important situation with the Speak Out uh, movement. But what if
2: the 10-foot pole was on a 10-foot pole <laughs> and they had a 10-foot pole on a 10-foot pole match? I miss that stuff. I miss
1: <laughs> that. Matt Riddle, Bobby Fish, as we we're referring to. Look it up. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> um...
2: Let's let's uh, change gears here a little bit and uh, let's head head across over to uh, New Japan, and uh, let's talk our brand new champ Tetsuya Naito. Congratulations! That's a spoiler. We're watching the show right well, now. Well, I know what happened. You know. <laughs> um, how does this play out for you? Did did this happen too soon? Did he get his belt back too soon? Are we seeing the the uh, the reemergence of night Two Belts happening too quick. Originally, when it, when I first heard it, I okay, I went
1: through a, a little bit of a because I'm I am a Nito Mark. I'm not. A, uh, yeah, I know. Not, I don't. I'm not ashamed to admit to it. I was ecstatic. I originally thought, man, maybe they should have did the whole hero's journey uh, a little longer. But here's the thing, he already did that, and I feel personally. That The only reason why he lost those belts in the first place was not to promote evil, push evil, because you could have done that regardless. Okay. Um, although what they did was fantastic. I'm not, yeah. I'm not shitting on it by any means. I think we, we, we have to talk about the fucking C word uh, again. And I'm not talking about you know what. I'm talking about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, and COVID fucked up his entire reign. Uh, There's like a lot of things. COVID has fucked up a lot of things. Oh,
2: boy, did it ever.
1: And Tetsuya Naito wins both belts at Wrestle Kingdom. Fantastic moment. And he only gets, you know, what, two months as champion? (laughs) And then everything (laughs) shuts down. You come back. You had to do something. You had to do something to breathe life back into the company. Because it's like everybody else that was shut down. You have to figure out a way to get eyes back onto your product. And how do you do that? What they did was fantastic. Evil winning the ballots, but more importantly, turning on Naito, joining the bullet club, turning on the guy that he, you know he's been by, side by side with for, for a number of years. Fantastic writing. But I don't really think I don't not that they don't believe in evil. But I don't think that they ever really saw it long-term that Evil was going to be champion. I what, I what I think how the booking went down was that Evil was going to be the guy to get eyes back on the product. And then Naito was going to be in the driver's seat again. Not that Naito couldn't be in for, to begin with because that's why he had the belts to begin with. But you needed something new because you were sitting idle for way too long. And that's all I think it was. I think he was... And I'm being as respectful as I possibly can because I love evil and I love what he's done, but I think he was a placement champion to give Night till the belts back. I I love the hero's journey, but he's already done that. I want to see what he can do as champion, and here's his opportunity to do that. Now that we are full in full gear, hopefully we stay that way, uh, and now let's see what he can do. Let's see him go into G one. As champion, let's see him go into Wrestle Kingdom as champion, not as challenger this time. and Let's see what happens. And let's see them book him lose those titles at some point, the correct way, not the Keith Lee way.
2: <laughs>
1: this next question isn't particularly important to, to a lot of people, but I find... I find it really really interesting again with booking and we're going with the women's division here again these two particular people i'm not super fond of i but i i do see them as a tag team that really could have been booked better because they're a pretty good heel tag team and uh on the august 31st edition of raw they officially broke them up Via a stipulation in a tag team match, Loser must disband. The Iconics uh, have officially been disbanded. Uh, I don't know if the one's getting moved to the next show or not. I know it's not important to a lot of people, but we see this with tag teams a lot. And you generally, it doesn't work in the WWE. Joe, why do they keep disbanding tag teams if they got nothing for them? Why can't you know what couldn't have been something as simple as a move to a different roster or simply try a little harder? Why does this keep happening because we see this so many times in WWE where tag teams get split up and now instead of having a tag team lost in translation, you now have two singles wrestlers lost in translation.
2: Uh, so with this particular situation, it has it has been already divulged that they want to, Give a singles run to the, uh, why am I, why am I having a brain You fart? got Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Uh, Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce, okay. They want to give Peyton Royce a singles run. That was the whole reason they broke them up. Okay. They see something in her that identifies more as a singles, singles competitor. Uh, that's Vincent McMahon, by the way. So, that's what they're doing. Um... In general, why do tag teams not work in the WWE? That's simple. Vince McMahon is not a fan of tag teams. <laughs> I mean, he's come out and said that. He hates that he has to pay two guys to accomplish the same thing. He's That's something he's said too. Came out in the open. So it's like, how the fuck do you like go into a business and be like, I hate this idea, but okay, come and work for me. Even though I hate the fucking idea to begin with. And I'm probably not going to do much to get you over because I hate the fucking idea to begin with. But here you are. Um, I don't know how that works, folks. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. As we see Danhausen and Ethan Page step on the stage over at BLP, um, Danhausen is, uh, is 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 quite the performer. Let me tell you. Um, he's like a. He looks like a morbid version of like a. Frida Kahlo ripoff. Uh, most of the time, it's it's crazy, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that that's my answer. And and uh, you know what? Uh, the iconics. You're right. There was there was something to them. I think they didn't get the uh, the time nor the platform that they probably should have gotten. To get completely over, mm-hmm. um, and it's unfortunate because we're probably not going to ever see that happen, or it won't happen for quite some time now. Um, good luck to Peyton Royce. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, again, it's one of those things like you're introducing her in uh, the women's division as a singles competitor, but look at the women's division. It's fucked up. Yeah, you know they they went from having their own fucking pay per view to like back to being second class citizens on the same fucking roster all over again. So it's like, what are you doing? And and and
1: how 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 dare WWE actually have a legit tag team in the women's tag team division um, <laughs> instead of throwing Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax together and making them champs. Oh boy. Uh don't get me started. <laughs> well, that's not a question, so we're mm. we're we're okay. Okay.
2: Um <laughs> Speaking of singles competitors. For the first time. In the past 30 years. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Has neglected. To keep Jushin Thunder Liger. In their top 100. For the first time in 30 years. He is out of the top 100. Now. Now. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, one of the backbone magazines, one of the one of the the better after after uh, rags as they call them um, in the industry, and again it's it's all it's all fantasy, it, it, you know. There's no real meaning to it, but um, but also there is amongst amongst most of the, of the boys these days, there is. Um, there's there's like a little added sentiment to it and it's nice to see see your your name in the top 100 of your industry um now i know he's uh he's retired and i i'm assuming that has something to do with it but what the fuck put him in there with with anybody going out there today tell me he's not a top 100 competitor
1: when it comes to uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated or any wrestling magazine, I and you already know the show, but you know for anyone out there, my best piece of advice is take it with a the grain of salt, biggest grain of salt, yeah, because it's it's just um, there's a lot of of issues that I have with that. I actually do subscribe to PWI the digital version, uh, and I did look at. Uh, I skimmed through the top 500 because that's a lot of fucking people <laughs> <laughs> but I was looking at the top 10 and uh I can't remember uh verbatimly I know you know Moxley and and Cole are one and two respectively I'm looking at the reasoning I'm looking at like their accomplishments and some of it is it, it it's it's all story driven and and that's really based off of nothing to me um Lest we forget, pro wrestling is obviously kayfabe. It's, it's you know, it's staged. And uh, it's like, where do we draw the line on actual pro wrestling talent? Because at 50-plus years old, Jason Thunder Liger is still one of the, the best performers out there, both as a mat technician, as a high flyer, but overall, as a overall showman that's going to pull... Your attention to the screen that's the whole concept of all this. That's the whole concept of podcasting, that's the whole concept of YouTube content and television and movies is to pull that audience and draw attention, and that's what he does. To me, this is not a sign of the times, this is indeed a mistake and that you're looking at a guy, Justin Thunder Lager, who I could say maybe wasn't top 10 last year because it was his farewell sure. tour. Exactly. But you look at top 100 because you know, as far as retirement as a as, as a thing as a whole uh, I get that it was his retirement year, but he was still going out there. We look at Minoru Suzuki right here who just won the Never Openweight Championship. Congrats to that, Maniac. <laughs> but but lest we forget, one of one of the best rivalries of, of 2019, last year, was him versus Liger. Yeah. And we saw them get the best out of each other, to the point where at the end of, of, of one of their matches, Mino Suzuki gets down on his knees and he bows to and Thunder Liger after the extraordinary match that they had, the match that he had with uh, Ishimori, the i can go on and on and on these aren't accounted for you're telling me that there's out of the 500 people that guys had that kind of spark to the business than than liger did i don't think so because even in a retirement year liger was still drawing money in ways that other guys can only dream of and to me this is it's an insult this is a flat-out insult and uh Again, grain of salt. And that's why I don't subscribe to the physical version. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something that is, has definitely been controversial over the last couple of days. Uh, as of this recording, uh, we are in early September. Because the speculation that this is not true. The speculation that it is true. The speculation on where, it's, where he's going to go. Brock Lesnar... Apparently he's a free agent.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some
1: some have gone out and said that they that he's not though. Um, I think that that part is all rumor. I don't know the official contract situation, but Brock Lesnar is a free agent. We'll go off of that. Okay. Where the hell does he end up? Hopefully, it's not on WWE TV. I'm gonna jump in and say, hopefully he just goes home.
2: Yeah, I. <laughs> please, I mean, he could. He's got acres of, of land and he loves to hunt and he doesn't like to wrestle. He he fucking tells tells everybody that all the time. So why not just stay home? Please <laughs> do us all a favor. Um, I also. I really could give two shits to see him uh, in any kind of an MMA organization. I I could give two shits. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for my money, yes, please. Please stay home. Um, <laughs> social distance yourself, not just from me, but from wrestling and the rest of the world. Yeah, so that yeah. would be so great. What about bare knuckle
1: fighting? Because I don't think he can survive in that.
2: I, again Like as much as I I despise the guy mm-hmm. I still don't want to see him Do that either that's Like exactly. I'm just I'm fed up with him <laughs> Please
1: Yeah cause you know He's gonna he's gonna make a, a boatload of money Just to get his ass kicked Or I, uh,
2: But to see that's the thing Like I don't even want to see him Get his ass Like that wouldn't do me yeah, Any good right. at this point Like I'm just, just Completely over him Yeah Like there's no I don't have the animosity Like yeah I want to see him Get his ass kicked Cause fuck that guy yeah. No i'm just like please just go go away <laughs> that's where i'm at
1: fair enough fair enough that's that's uh that's gonna be interesting to see where he ends up because uh, i i mean this guy i he's just that ghost that continues to haunt us fuck <sighs> with 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 bad product
2: um speaking of guys uh leaving and or coming back uh, th- this one, this question was actually brought up by someone in our Facebook group, Facebook.com/groups/20x20wrestlingtalk. Um, Roman Reigns, he's he's back, he's he's wrecking everyone and leaving, according to his t-shirt, <laughs> and he's with Paul Heyman. Um, the question is, he. At some point, he decided to stop performing, stop being in the ring due to COVID-19, or so he says. COVID-19 has not gone anywhere. We're still in the midst of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. but he's back. How do you feel about that? Um, Is is this all just uh, kayfabe? and and he you know he really didn't give two shits about COVID-19 or why do you think he changed his mind I think Vince
1: McMahon at at some point always gets his way Roman Reigns is a in his eyes a moneymaker and look I don't got the numbers I'm sure he he does bring in some good revenue Um. You know, Roman Reigns is obviously a, you know, he's, it's, it's well documented. He is a leukemia survivor and, and people with leukemia has, you know, it's cancer of the blood, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be, you know, you're always putting yourself at risk when you deal with something like a virus, you know, a viral infection will infect that person even more. And that's why he left in the first place. Now, there's a couple of things I can say to this because I, I think maybe bringing in sports, other sports coming back could have been his motivation to say, "Well, if they can do it, I can do it." I think of some not that not that it ever pinpointed this particular guy, you know, verbatimly, but as a member, as a as a fan of the Chicago Cubs, for example, Anthony Rizzo, also a survivor of leukemia, he is currently playing uh, the regular season. Although he did express concern about uh, about playing, he is still doing it. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it, but I don't know. Maybe it was something along the lines of a contract situation where, you know, I'll give you more money if you come, or if you want to continue to get paid, I'm not going to continue to pay you to sit at home. I don't know. I don't know how. I would love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. It's hard for me to say. I, I don't hold anything past man, McMahon, so I, I, I can't sit here and say that uh, – he didn't have a huge hand in this. Um, maybe even getting threatening. I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I it could be a, a number of combination of things. But uh, at any rate, he is back, and and I don't I don't know if he ever really had an issue. I don't I don't I really buy into the the he didn't believe in COVID. That was all kayfabe, because I don't think Dave, WWE would allow that to happen as for storyline purposes. I, I mean, they they ruined their WrestleMania match that they were trying to build between him and Goldberg. Um, I just think this is a matter of just uh, at that time, a lot more people were afraid of COVID. And I will just say this because I don't want to make this that kind of conversation. I know people's opinion on COVID has changed from March, you know, through August. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. So it could be that as well. Um, it, it's it's hard to say. As far as him being back, being with Paul Heyman, I know that really wasn't part of the question. Um, it's another one of those force-fed things, though, for me. That it's just... Uh, he comes in... Out of nowhere, does a bunch of random shit. Now he's with Paul Heyman. I don't know. They could have... They had all this time to repackage him, and this is the best that they can come up with. So, <laughs> good job, WWE. <laughs> it seems like a lot of our questions are on WWE. Uh
2: well, I didn't, I didn't uh, engineer it that way. Yeah, well, I didn't either.
1: <laughs> I, I got another one for you because we haven't talked about it since it happened. It's a very simple question. Um, we are in the midst of a pandemic. WWE was doing everything at the Performance Center, but now they've moved to Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. I just got to get your thoughts. What do you? What are you? What is your take home on the Thunderdome?
2: The Thunderdome. Uh, what a fucking uh, nightmare this is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where do I begin? Um, first of all. Let's say I tell you, I'm going to have 50 people come into your house (laughs) and watch us podcast. And I don't expect them to do anything that would uh, complicate the process of us podcasting. How yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong, right? <laughs> but here the WWE says, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna allow people to um sign up and become like um, you know, I guess super fans or, or, or what have you, and we're gonna give you the special chance to become part of our digital audience. What could go wrong, right? Well, you've got KKK members being broadcast, you've got uh beheadings, you've got a raccoon. You've got, uh, what was that Chris Ted? Benoit. Ted the bear, Chris Benoit multiple times.
1: Sonya Deville stalker.
2: Sonya Deville stalker. During her De- match, like what the fuck? Um, how does the WWE not like? How do they not see that coming? Like who who <laughs> who books this shit? <laughs> Well uh, my my thoughts on the Thunderdome, like I think they were completely naive about this entire process. And if they thought they weren't going to have any problems whatsoever, wow. And then I got a I got I got oceanfront property to sell you that's over there in Arizona, so <laughs> but damn it's it's stupid. Uh, the The concept itself is is just weird to me, mm-hmm. um, especially what makes it even weirder for me personally is that pumped in sound crowd that they have. Right. Yeah. Because you've got like points in the match where you hear the noise, like if somebody's on a comeback or they're building heat or whatever. There's supposed to be a certain vibe in the audience, and you see all these people on their screens, and it's just not matching up. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a, a bad, it looks like a bad dub where there's like yeah. a 10, 15 second delay. Because like uh, I was watching, who was I watching? Oh, it was uh, it was uh, for SummerSlam during the Oscars first match. Okay. And you, you clearly had her like on the comeback, and they're pumping in sound crowd of people like... And then, you know, that's going on, but yeah. all the people on the screen are not like, responding. and it's then sitting ab- there, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, 15 to 20 seconds later, you see, like, a few people, like... <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, okay, yeah, this is clearly not working.
1: Well, here's the thing now. You, you brought up all those negative uh, things that those fans, those boneheaded fans were doing. Does that delay get even longer now? Because now you have to compensate even more.
2: Well, for- well their idea now is... Um, to only show what they're calling trusted fans. Now I don't know how they have decided who's to be trusted and who's not to be trusted. Yeah. Because if I'm not mistaken, after they decided that and made that decision, that still happened because there were other Crispin Watt sightings after the fact. So I, I I don't know I don't know what they're what they're thinking. To be honest with you, I really don't know. Um, and I don't have any answers for him. I I really don't because, oh, uh, yeah, that was the other thing too. Like after the, oh yeah, we're going to only show trusted fans. Guess who fucking shows up? Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega shows up in a Friday Night Smackdown uh, episode. And, uh, he had came out on social media, like, I didn't think there was going to be an issue with it, I just wanted to have some fun and watch wrestling, and <laughs> so, then, like, here you have your biggest competition in your fucking audience watching your product, like, <laughs> how, how does that even work, you know? Especially when you're trying to keep people off of him, Yeah, you know, uh, or, or him off of TV, so, there <laughs> he is infiltrating your audience. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have no I have no answers for the WWE, but whatever they're doing right now is, is terrible. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. And it's so awkward. You know? Aye oh, yeah, aye. Yeah. Um <laughs> Speaking of Awkward and WWE, AJ Styles has uh, come out and said that he feels the WWE cannot go back to the Attitude Era due to sensitive fans. Now, as broad of a, of a paint stroke I just used it there, um, I still want to know your opinion of all this. Clearly, I mean, I, there's, there's issues to be taken with that statement on, on many different levels, but uh, do you even think people want to see Attitude Era shit again? Uh, are we past that? Um, haven't there always been sensitive fans these are the sub questions I have to mm-hmm. this question so attitude era
1: 2.0 no it shouldn't happen uh, is, is AJ Styles right I think I I say yes and I say yes to has there always been sensitive fans I think so Here's the thing about that. You know, I, I think a lot of these things aren't new. I think what it is, what it comes down to is that the platforms have changed. You know, 1997 to, we'll call it, what, 2001, the Attitude Era. You know, what was the difference between then and now? Well, obviously, technology is different. We didn't have smartphones. We didn't have tablets. We, we barely had internet back then. We couldn't go on Facebook or Twitter or whatever other social media platform and complain about what we saw and say, you know, this is insensitive or this is that. I think that that fan base exists. I know that fan base exists, that that, that over-sensitive fan base, because as a kid in the Attitude Era, you know, I was told constantly that what I was watching was nothing but garbage. (laughs) That it was this raunchy garbage television. Jerry Springer-like garbage. And uh, although there was a fan base for it, you had you had the people that didn't want that going in today's society. I think you're still gonna want you're still gonna have a fan base is going to want that, or so they think. Let's look at the attitude era for what it was. It was nothing special in a nutshell. You know we look back at it as one of the most special times in professional wrestling. What made it so special was because it was the complete opposite of the same regurgitated bullshit that that particular company, the WWF, was dishing out for over a decade. You didn't have fucking garbage men. You didn't have fucking cookers, You didn't have any of that shit. <laughs> you, you had over-the-top characters, but in a way that people in the 90s or that era wanted it to be. Does that work today? No, I don't think so at all. I don't think Stone Cold Steve Austin works today that it did in the 1990s although we still have working class the working class has changed a lot too and I don't think blue collar is really in anymore as we know right now and again I I don't want to make it that podcast but as we (laughs) as as we've seen countlessly with when it comes to topics in, in this country I'll leave it at that blue collar is kind of looked at as the bad guy these days so, I don't think blue collar is going to work anymore. Uh, Degeneration X, pointing at their crotches, telling people to suck it, is definitely not going to work anymore. Uh, having, having old women having hands and, you know, having porn stars having their dicks chopped off. <laughs> none of this shit's going to work anymore. It's just, it's just not. Um, having said that, can you have attitude... Without calling it an attitude era You you can But the issue isn't And this is not what AJ Styles Is talking about but the issue isn't Having an attitude era It should just be fucking better booking And, and focusing on fucking wrestling Because that's what's fucking working And that's the one th- and, and that's why I said The attitude era Doesn't work or wasn't special Because the wrestling in the attitude era Was fucking garbage for the most part very few standout wrestlers in that era. And I know there's going to be a lot of people like, that, oh, that's my era. Well, you know what? Your <laughs> era fucking sucked. And you know it. <laughs> it was fun to watch, but when that bell rang, you know you're fucking turning on WCW see what was going on in the next channel. <laughs> like, the wrestling was the fucking commercials. But as far as the sensitivity and oversensitivity, I think Ragey Styles is right to an extent. Uh, I just think the platform, though that we have as as a as a society is obviously a lot more quicker to express our disdain for a certain topic because there's going to be there's going to be angles where you think uh, that goes too far and quite and and those people expect their opinions to be treated as the gospel and you have to deal with that you know controversy creates cash but at, right now it seems like if you could just not necessarily be on a straight or narrow, but just don't be too far-fetched, I think you'd be just fine. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Attitude Era 2.0 should not happen. Let's step away from WWE, and let's, uh, let's fizzle down on the attitude a little bit. And let's talk about something more pure. Ring of Honor is coming back. Yes, sir. And Ring of Honor is having a 16-person tournament to bring back the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Now, this is kind of an open question because as of this recording, early September, we have 10 participants. I'll go through them just really quickly here. PJ Black, Tony Deppen, David Finley, Jonathan Gresham, Jay Letho, Rocky Romero, Matt Seidel, Tracy Williams, Josh Woods, and Wheeler, Utah, and six more to be unnamed. The pure championship is coming back. Is this an opportunity to give it to an established wrestler? Is this an opportunity to give it to a up-and-comer? My, I guess my direct question to you is, whether it's from this list, whether it's from the unnamed six, who should you who who do you think should be the first ring of honor pure champion 2.0 as it is being brought back
2: i think i think ring of honor needs to find itself all over again um, because i say that because they got themselves into a position where They were relying too much on the elite to kind of just, you know, it it was, I don't want to say that they rode the, the success, like the coattails of, of the elite and the bucks and the bullet club and all that. But they, they let them infiltrate that organization to the point where once they left, they were never the same ring of honor. Nowhere close, and that's a sad thing to say because up until that point, you had Ring of Honor. They were always that resilient company who had been around and survived, and 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 had all that homegrown talent, and and you know were known as, as like the place to be in the Indies. And, and I don't know that they're ever gonna recover from this um it seems like these days every time you think they have a leg up and they're getting back on track something else happens you know Marty Skrull is under investigation and currently in limbo and we don't you know we don't know if we'll ever see him wrestle for Ring of Honor again let alone anywhere else because of all the shit going on um he's obviously not booking anymore he's been stripped of that um I believe Delirious is back being being the head booker for the time being. Um, it's just one thing after another. Who, they, who should they give that pure title to? I hope they find themselves again and they take a chance on someone they really believe in who's not established. And they run with them. And it, it kills me because immediately off the top of my head someone who I would have loved to have seen get that opportunity was Ricky Starks. Mm -hmm. And he's already been signed. He won't be competing in this. uh, I can guarantee you that. Um, But I don't think established is the way to go. Please by all means have established wrestlers in your tournament to showcase what you're bringing, what you're trying to bring back but Ultimately no, I think it should be someone that's not very well established but who definitely knows how to wrestle
1: I think this is an opportunity golden opportunity if he's ready for for a guy like Josh woods yeah um I know he had a great run with with Silas young as a tag team but as a singles wrestler I think he's ready uh, so long as he is his
2: game is at the level that it was. Did did Before you pandemic. did you mention Silas Young being in this? He's not in this. How is that? How is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. You know,
1: I don't know. Uh, I mean, again, there's there's still six participants left to be announced, and and maybe I don't know, I don't know how much COVID has to do with uh, true traveling or what have you. But uh, but yeah, um, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, it should be a uh, definitely a young young up- upcomer. Or, or, I guess, a a less established
2: guy. Speaking of uh, non-WWE stuff, uh, one of of my favorite uh, pro wrestlers these days, Thunder Rosa, says she wants to book for the NWA. Um, Currently, as as we're recording, she's about to face... um, Hikaru Shida in AEW for the AEW Women's World Championship at All Out, and um, which is a feat in and it of itself. Uh, you know the NWA right now is going through such a huge change again. They are losing talent left and right. She is the current NWA Women's Champion. Um, and Billy Corgan, uh, owner of the NWA, sole owner at this point because Dave Lagania left, um, he said, you know, it, it truly isn't fair that she's not wrestling. She should, be, she should be not only wrestling, but champions should always face champions. And so here we have the crossover match between her and Hikaru Shida coming up at All Out. Um, what do you think, man? Would you like to see someone? She she already runs her own uh, little fed. Uh, I think it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like uh, Frontier Championship Wrestling or, or, or something like that. Spirit Championship Wrestling. I, I forget it right off the top of my head. but um, And she books for them. So what do you think? You think... Uh, you think she's got what it takes? To, uh, just judging by her entering performance.
1: Judging by her entering ring performance, uh, she's been quite the traveler over her career. I think. Uh, I think that's what's going to make the National Wrestling Alliance succeed is that diversity and somebody that can build relationships in other territories throughout the world, throughout the country at least for, for, for the time being, and create that kind of buzz to where now those bridges are being built again that lead back to the NWA and I think she's the right person. Let's face facts here. I respect the fact what Billy Corgan has done thus far. I I don't think he's a great booker though. And I think uh, I think as much Here's here's my thing. I think Billy Corgan is a guy that can help get you to where you need to be and lead you in the right path, but he's not a closer. And although I I can't sit here and blame the NWA and situations on him entirely because there's a lot of things going on. The obviously pandemic is another thing too, and, and hard to book, or the inability altogether to book. But I think you need I think you need that perspective. I think it's it's very rare these days where you get a guy who doesn't have wrestling experience and build relationships with fellow wrestlers and i think that's the difference with someone like thunder rosa nick aldis i think was doing more you know better booking than for the company than than billy corgan was i think if you have that relationship establishment with with thunder rosa because let's face facts nick aldis isn't always the most well liked guy in the company industry I think this is this is good for the for the for the business. I think if you have somebody that wants to book for you that is that has the the resume of Thunder Rosa, I think you'd be a complete idiot to not take her up on that offer. If she's willing to take on that responsibility, fuck it. Do it. i'm I want you on board. You know what you're doing. you're excellent talent. and you already you already have the credentials to show that you can also be a booker. Why not book for the NWA? And I don't know the history of it, but that might be a first. Yeah, it as might far be as women. Yeah, it might be so. Hopefully, hopefully they can they can do that. So, uh, I like this whole not talking about WWE thing for a while. Let's 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 jump into another topic here. Okay. Um, we see a lot of wrestling companies coming back. One of them is a is a major player, in my opinion. And that's Major League Wrestling (MLW). They are uh, they are scheduled to finally come back. They are they they, Good news. they have announced. Yeah, uh, obviously, just like every everybody else uh, in wrestling world and non wrestling world, COVID has taken its toll on the company. They did such an amazing job in such a short period of time to build all this buzz around their brand, around their company. And I'm not saying it's gone altogether, but just like everybody else, you and I included, we have to build that that fan base again. For MLW, in your opinion, what do they need to do out of the gate to say not only are we back, but we we are demanding your attention because we are a great product and we fucking know it.
2: Oh, that's easy. Don't get rated <laughs> Why is it... Why is it every time this company... uh, Gets this... Like they just... Get this awesome ass roster... And the next thing you know... They're all gone. And then they have to replenish. It is... It's crazy. Uh, How how many times this has happened to them. And in such a short amount of time... um, I know... um, Alexander Hammerstone is going to be, like, the face of the company coming up. I, I mm-hmm. know they, they've talked about that. He's got, like, some sort of endorsement coming up with, um, I think, Bose speakers, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, big things are happening for MLW. You know, they're they're transitioning over to uh, the Zone app. Yeah. And they're going to have uh, all brand new content there. hmm um I'm excited for them and and basically they need to do what they do best and that's BMLW. I mean there, there there really is no other way to say it. Um but yeah just be just be themselves as we're watching uh Black Label Pro. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch this match in its entirety because here we have uh Effie, who is, if you don't know who that is, um, very flamboyant, to say the least, performer on the indies, hell, hell of a performer, uh, he's, got, uh, he's got quite the upswing going on with his career right now, he's taking on Gangrel of all fucking people, um, this is gonna be really fucking interesting. But um, yeah. ML- I'm surprised you let him spit, by the way. Yeah, that too. Uh, MLW, and that could be real blood, uh, because he does legitimately take part in vampirism. So, um, <laughs> why not? And right? why not? Right. In the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah God. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not all wrestlers are smart. So, <laughs> but um. MLW needs to be MLW. They don't need to bring a ring of honor. They don't need to be NWA. They just... They need to... Uh, Kurt Bauer needs to stick to his booking guns and do what they do best, and they'll be fine. They'll be so fine.
1: I think there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of good partnerships there. They're still going to be on BN Sports. As, you, as, as my partner mentioned, they're going to be on the Zone. I think there's a lot of good partnerships there still. I I always worry about MLW because of the rating, but I mean, I I know MJF is a guy that was uh, under contract with them. Uh, AEW bought his contract. Yeah, that's gone. So he's He's not coming back. So yeah, uh, it is. uh, It's unfortunate, but um, you know, it's there's a lot of good talent there, and uh, and what I love about them is that they still have the partnerships. So when things do open up, they still have the crash. They still have pro wrestling Noah. There's still all that uh, as well. So there's a lot. There's a lot to look forward to as we continue to get back to the swing
2: of things. Speaking of getting back into the swing of things, Impact Wrestling. I don't think they've gotten back into the swing of things because I don't think they ever left that swing. Um, they've they've been uh, pretty steady throughout all of this, even despite this whole Tessa Blanchard debacle. And, um, uh, kudos to them, them too. You know, they're yeah. definitely doing their thing, yeah. averaging about 200,000 viewers per episode of Impact Wrestling. I'm one of them every week. And, uh, they just crowned a new champ in the form of Eric Young. And and I, I know, uh, I know you've had gripes in the past with uh, EY, but, uh, As soon as this transpired, I immediately was like, I got to talk to Matt and figure out what the hell he thinks about Eric Young being world champion TNA or or Impact. Um, Eric Young did say he feels like this is very serendipitous that he comes back like like it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. He's meant to be there right now because he got the opportunity and they're letting him run the show. So, what do you think?
1: You know, the thing about EY is that uh, he's always been that talent that's been on the cusp of... Like, you're right there, man. You're right there. And even though I knew it was never going to last, I felt like he found that, believe it or not, in WWE. I loved Insanity. Yeah. When I first found out that he was the leader... I was like, "What a fucking joke! This not going to work." <laughs> you know, be- because Eric Young spent his career, for the most part, making people laugh, being the weird, funny guy, and as we've seen time and time again, that that rarely ever gets over. Uh, his wrestling was very much like the WWE. If you look at WWE, very much like a Santino Marella, where like the dude's got talent, but he wants to fucking do silly shit all the time. Colcabaña. Cabana you know shit like that where it's like you clearly know what you're doing but again you want to be a fucking goofball when he did Insanity and you saw that different side of him I just like wow that's a really good version of Eric Young but you also know that the glass ceiling isn't really glass in WWE it's that the brass rings it's made out of brass and it's unreachable and you're never he's never going to even touch the ceiling in WWE fast forward years He's now in Impact Wrestling, and he still has that same mentality, that same style of wrestling. Although I didn't like the fact that Eddie Edwards dropped the belt so soon.
2: Yeah, man, we were promised this fighting champion. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he was, but it didn't last very long.
1: Yeah, I, I think they could have last. They could have held off until Bound for Glory, which is next month. Yeah, it's October. They could have let him hold on to the belt for another month. Uh, I got no problem with it this time as far as who the champion is. I think Eric Young this time around is looking like a legit player. That's all I want out of my champion. I don't have to like it. I'm not an Eric Young fan. I don't think I ever will be. But I just want my champion to be believable. I want my champion to take the role seriously. If you're going to be a funny guy, then be a funny guy and, 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 and make it work. But he, he never did. And, you know, so in this case, he's... Definitely a more villainous person, and it's working for him. I don't like again. I don't like the booking as far as Eddie Edwards is concerned, but as far as Eric Young is champion, congrats, man. I, I think it's well deserved this time. As far as where he's at as a wrestler, I was gonna save this one for last, but I, it's really it's not that important. You already mentioned this particular person, so I want to bring it up again because I want to talk about independent wrestling here. I want to talk about one that's close to close to our backyard a little bit. That's Warrior Wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Warrior Wrestling, by the way, you don't have to be from our neck of the woods to enjoy it. They do showcase all of their shows on Fight, which you can actually go through our website.
2: What? Get out of
1: here. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight that's f-i-t-e
2: next you're gonna tell me that we're gonna give you like free money to watch it right is that what you're gonna tell me next
1: as a matter of fact we're gonna give you 15 dollars, but the only thing is you gotta be a new subscriber so get yourself a new subscription and we're gonna give you 15 dollars worth of credits on us all you gotta do is just subscribe go through our website 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight that's f-i-t-e and catch yourself professional wrestling boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, and bare-knuckle fighting. Hopefully without Brock Lesnar. Hopefully without Brock <laughs> Lesnar. Because we don't need to see that. As we see Hiroshi Tanahashi, as we say all the yeah, time, Go home. Go home. <laughs> Warrior Wrestling is putting on a three-week spectacle. The, the first three Saturdays of September, they're doing uh, in their football field that they have. And they're doing a live show each week. It's their last three shows of the year. They're not doing any more shows until 2021. Tessa Blanchard is the Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion. And Tessa Blanchard is booked for this show. Along with husband Daga. I believe they're married now. Well. (laughs) Word of advice. My question for you. What would be your word of advice for a company like Warrior Wrestling in dealing with one? Tessa Blanchard and also I'll, I'll do a sub question does she even show up
2: well well <laughs> so <laughs> I have a lot to say about this because one don't get me wrong I'm rooting for the underdog here in warrior wrestling uh, obviously homegrown organization from literally our backyard mm-hmm. our neck of the woods I wish them all the best But, if they're trying to pull a fast one, stating that she's going to show up, I don't know who the fuck you think you're trying to fool at this point. She wouldn't show up to an Impact taping. And pay-per-view. And pay-per-view, being their champ. Which, I'm sorry, at this point, is a a much more prestigious belt than yours, currently, anyway. Absolutely. Um, Sincerely, what makes you think (laughs) she's going to show up? Now, someone was probably going to ask, well, maybe they're going to pay her more money. I don't know how much money Warrior Wrestling has, but... I find it very hard to believe that it's more money than Impact Wrestling was trying to pay her. So, for me, that's out of the question. I don't think she's going to show up. I think this is all publicity to get people to come to the show. And if that's the case, I'm going to say two things. One, fool me once... Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And I don't like to bring shame to myself. Okay? Second thing I'm going to say. I know our backyard. I grew up in our backyard. I know how this town works. Pretty much telling you right now. This is a fucking work. This is a fucking work if I've ever seen one. I will eat my fucking hat if she shows up. And how they get her to show up, I'll never fucking know. But I'm telling you right now, I smell a work a mile away. This is this is a a,
1: a bad move if, for a company like Warrior Wrestling. Is she gonna
2: she... own like? Uh, <laughs> is she taking like? fucking 75% ownership of a fucking Catholic high school?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's a good point, though, because we talk about money. I mean, look, I, I don't know how much they're bringing in for the shows, but they like to pride themselves on them giving this money to their student body. I Look, I'm not going to say to speculate on whether they're doing that or not or how much they're doing that. It's not my place. But if that is the case, how much money do they really have to offer these this talent? Right? That's I, all I'm trying to say. This, this is the same woman that took a championship belt and demanded $150,000 yeah. to get it back. Yeah. When all they wanted was her to cut some fucking promos. Yeah. That was it. Uh, so, I don't know. When I when I saw that, I, I, I immediately was like, I got to talk to Joe about this. Cause like, and, I, and you know what? How are they
2: going <laughs> to pull that off? Yeah, and you know what? If it's a whole COVID issue, like if she didn't want to... If she couldn't get out of Mexico, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But I was under everybody was under the impression that she could have got out of Mexico. Mm-hmm. I understand not wanting to go to Florida because Florida is such a crazy place, or so it's deemed in the media, mm. is such a crazy place to begin with. But high COVID uh, cases, high amounts of COVID cases. Um, I could tell you this. The state of Illinois is, is really no different right. when it comes to that. Um, and I say that because, you know, we live here. We, we experience it firsthand. We all still have to social distance. Yeah. we It is mandated throughout the state mm-hmm. that we have to wear masks when in public. Like, none of that goes away, so... Right. If someone like is trying to pull the wool over her eyes and like, Yeah, in Illinois everything's great, come on by and wrestle. No, it's not. So <laughs> um yeah. uh, you know, are we are we Florida levels? M- maybe not all the time, but uh, it, there's still a cause for concern. So again, uh, this to me this is quite the fucking work happening.
1: And <laughs> not a very good one at that. No.
2: No, not at all. Um that's what I have to say about that. Uh, kudo, again, kudos to them for the three shows this month. And uh, I'm excited. I really am. But I don't think she'll show up. And, and I feel sorry for when she doesn't. And, and people who go to, to the show to physically see her or, or you know, figure oh, she'll show up and there's going to be some controversy or whatever. I really feel sorry for those people. And they better have something planned
1: then for those well, fans that paid money.
2: Yeah, they'll strip, they'll, they'll just like, oh, we'll strip the title and, uh, you know, maybe they'll have this uh, impromptu tournament or something. I don't know. but
1: uh, I mean, I'd rather see the Thunder Rosa versus Kylie Ray match, anyways.
2: So Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. The Thunder Rosa
1: is going to be in our backyard. I'd rather see that.
2: Any day of the week. Any day of the week. Speaking of. People showing up or not showing up, um, and, and things of that nature. AEW All Out happening very soon here, as of this recording. Um, two things, <laughs> you and I were kind of talking about this before we went on air, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna elaborate on that in a second. Um, two things about AEW All Out. One, extended amount of time. they're they're pulling out all the stops with this one for whatever reason, so it's going to be an extra long pay-per-view coming from the AEW gang and, if you didn't know this, but during the buyout there's going to be a cinematic match happening what the fuck is up with that?
1: that's the way of the world right now
2: fuck that
1: what is the match? Do you know?
2: If I'm not mistaken, it's the match between um, Britt Baker and Big Swole.
1: Why that match?
2: I don't know. Uh, I, I I can't stand Big Swole. I don't think she works very well. Um, I really I, can't stand either. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know why they picked this match. I rather
1: I I wish Britt, Britt Baker would just go back to be just being a dentist. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: but uh I just I would figure not that it's a buyout match, but I just figured why not just do Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho, like let's go all out, no pun intended, with being silly because that's a silly fucking match to begin with. An yeah. orange mimosa match, ladies and yeah. gentlemen.
2: Well, you know <laughs> But I'm such a fanboy. You know, well, I... <laughs> you know you know. And we never fantasy book on this show, apparently. Yeah, yeah none of that happens.
1: You know, yeah, yeah. So. There's there's our answer. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna have no, I mean seriously, if you're gonna have. By the way, congratulations to Jake Something who won the Black Label Pro Championship. But then the match, the show before the We're Back show, it was the uh, Eric Stevens Presents show. Uh, Jake Something, who I was a fan of when he was an Impact, uh, he is now the uh, Black Label Pro Heavyweight Champion. Very good wrestler. Uh, definitely someone to check out in the independent scene. Um I don't know where he, he ranks in the top one five hundred PWI, but <laughs> <laughs> I digress.
2: Higher than Jusha
1: Liger, apparently. <laughs> Fuck. Um So AW uh
2: we're talking about uh extended extended uh, time. Extended time on all out. Um I think Britt Baker said something like it's gonna go from like seven to eleven forty-five. Okay, so you're
1: talking about a five-hour show then. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, I'm—I don't got a problem with with time as a thing. I know, you know, if you asked Vince McMahon right now, he wants to do shorter shows during the pandemic because he, you know, because of no fans. Look, again, I, I, all I care about is what's happening inside that twenty by twenty ring. If you are putting on a uh, matches that. I just can't.
2: Uh, I, I can't look away from. I'll, I'll easily watch a five hour oh, show. We do it all the time. Yeah, we do it all the time. And and you know if you're doing it right, five hour shows don't seem like five hours.
1: Right. You know, I I go back to the old episodes where we talked about Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, but uh, my thing is this. You know, they want to. They want to. They want to go all out. Well, I'll I'll be punny, I guess. They want to go all out like this is then, then fucking do it. I don't like some of the matches that are being booked. I don't need to see Big Swole and Britt Baker in in a cinematic match. I don't need to see fucking Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho in an Orange Mosa match. So the other matches better fucking deliver. You want to give me silly fucking th- gimmicks? Fine, that's part of wrestling. That's part of the ultimate rest- The ultimate variety show sometimes. But you better fucking deliver in your other matches. MJF versus Moxley better fucking deliver. That better be a fucking match that's worthwhile. When, when that match is done with, I better be looking at that and say, wow, that's a potential match of the year candidate. Some Something on this show better fucking do that. Because AEW has not been delivering enough of that. I don't care how long your show is. I don't care if it's 20 minutes or 5 hours. doesn't matter. You better fucking deliver this time. Because double or nothing was mediocre. It was it, it, it had some good stuff to it, but it was it was too gimmicky. The the spots the, the good spots were too far too too far between. And they were also relied on too many high spots. They're starting to become the things that people have been bitching about. Get back to the fucking basis, get back to fucking wrestling. That's what the W stands for in AEW. You want to call yourself elite, fucking be elite. Period. Uh, as far as the other stuff, I don't really give a shit about it. I don't care how long it is. I'm, I'm going to watch the show. Don't make me regret it because I won't do it again. Again, the whole fool me once thing. Don't do it again because if you're going to continue to give me last days fucking pay-per-views, I'm not paying $50 for it anymore. This is yeah. not going to happen. I'm going to fucking... Sh- Fucking cheat and streaming on fucking internet, and I, and I don't want to do that. I want to give them money. I want to give them my support. You know, I'm I'm a fucking IT guy. I can fucking hack with the best of them. I don't want to. I want to give you my money. Give me my money's worth. Give the rest of the fans their money's worth. As far as the, as far as the cinematic matches go, look, I will say this. I stand by it. I fucking hate them. I don't like them but I have seen one that it did work and that was the Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream match it worked yeah it was solid I don't I I, you know Big Swole and and Britt Baker are not those two guys we are talking about two fucking elite talents no pun intended but if you're going to do it ladies entertain us entertain us it's that fucking simple um I hope All Out's great man I hope it is because I really could use some good fucking wrestling in my life all right. And uh, if my math is correct, we got one more. One more, and I'm going to go back to WWE because I've I've been having a problem with this booking, and maybe I'm just being a mean, bitter old man now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio is, is still with WWE. He's uh, He took his fucking eyeball out uh, in the month of July. Um, we we talked about that. Uh, Boy, did we ever? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we have seen in the month of August the debut of his son Dominic Mysterio. Um, and, and and I and I say he's been he's been booked in some pretty high profile matches. You know, South Rollins at SummerSlam. The, he teamed up with his dad to take on Seth Rollins and, and Murphy in a tag match at Payback a week later. But, you know, being at pay per view a week after SummerSlam, again, great booking there. Um, he had matches on Raw. He even, he even, on the August 31st episode of Raw, competed, albeit lost, but competed in a match against Seth Rollins in which the winner. Would compete in a triple threat match for the number one contendership to the WWE Championship. Now this seems to be a lot being thrown at this kid too soon. A lot of lot of good opportunities. Again, kayfabe and all that stuff, I get all that. But this kind of booking right now could do really one of two things. Build confidence or build cockiness. What do you think this is going to do for for Dominic Mysterio if this continues? Because the kid's got talent, but he certainly is not main event material by any means yet. Is this good booking for him
2: to have this kind of
1: exposure, or is this going to get into his head?
2: I think it's going to get into his head. I think we're seeing we're going to see David Flair situation all over again.
1: Yeah, I mean, God help us all.
2: You know, um, just because you're the son of a very High-profile professional wrestler doesn't mean you're just automatically an awesome second-generation wrestler. Um, You know, David Flair has come out and said numerous times, like, "I don't know why the hell I was even in there." Like, that's just not—I'm not part of that. You know? Yeah. Um, And and I'm not saying that this is how it is for Dominic, but. I, you know, as as successful as he has been, like let's think about this for a second. His first legit match was at SummerSlam. Yeah, which is like technically their second biggest show mm-hmm. of the year.
1: Yep,
2: absolutely. Against their biggest heel at the moment, right. I guess former is, world uh, champion you know, Seth top Rollins. Heel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, how do you how do you start there and then? Go go up from there. Like it's it's hard. It's gonna be very hard for him. I don't care how many eyes his dad may or may not have. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I think it gets in his head, and and I don't want that to happen. But I think that'll happen.
1: It's gonna be really hard to now send him to developmental.
2: Yeah, it, it, he's he's doing it backwards. You know, he's doing it backwards. Which, you know, we see so many times these days in our society. But that's a whole nother podcast, a whole other can of worms. Well, I, we
1: did twenty questions, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm—I I actually lied. I got one more. Joe, here's my last questions for you. Did you have fun doing this?
2: This was great. I—I I, I love the back and forth, and yeah. um, you know we we always we always have a lot to talk about, and uh, a, a, any given time we're trying to prep for a recording or you know or an episode you and i sometimes have like two three hours of conversation beforehand yeah so to me this makes complete sense and yeah i had an absolute blast dude
1: this is kind of like uh the this is kind of me just just hitting record while we're doing that you know i mean this is more of a structured version of that but yeah i mean you're absolutely right there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that uh doesn't necessarily get on air and uh you know there's only so much we can talk about in a podcast and ladies and gentlemen i want to i want to tell you that we have things in the books and we're still working on so i'm not going to officially announce anything just yet but uh because i would be doing a spoiler club <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about that shirt um because i i i, I was nothing nothing officially uh set up yet but uh, we do want to kind of peel back that curtain a little bit and and talk more about it because there's a lot more that uh, Joe and I have to offer as far as the our wrestling minds are concerned uh, and we want to share that with you and more importantly we want you to share that with us so uh, in the upcoming weeks we definitely will be discussing that more but I definitely like this I this was a really fun idea Um, kind of gets a lot of the topics that may not be able to make the air have made the air so this has been a special episode for you episode 102 and and please let us know what you think and uh and guys this is where this is where interaction is is king here because uh, you know there's things that you want to know about you want us to talk about you want us to to shoot on this is your opportunity you know and, and we're going to tell you just how you can do that uh, very soon here but before we bid adieu if you will I do want to say send a special thanks to a few of our sponsors. As always, I'm watching uh I stream all the time via my Fire Stick, via my uh Roku device. And if you want one for yourself, all you got to do is go visit our website at 20x20crew.com/podcast/amazon. Look, I know Amazon's a big company, you already know about them, but why not help us out in the process? Get yourself a subscription, a 30-day subscription, absolutely free, no risk to you. You can cancel it the day you subscribe, and you'll still get all 30 days, and we'll get a little bit of love on uh, on the flip side as well. Again, that's 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Also, too, on the show, we talked about going back to wrestling shows and things of that nature. We're all about saving money on here, so visit our sponsors over at raise20x23.com slash podcast slash raise and get yourself discounted gift cards. Gift cards. (laughs) Discounted (laughs) gift cards uh, where you can use it on things
2: like discounted gift cards on uh, places to eat, ride sharing, uh, you name it, Uh, DoorDash. Everything's there. Um, Places to shop, Best Buy, GameStop uh a plethora of places all with discounted gift cards. you can't go wrong, save some money like us and um, still you know never pay full price for anything. Uh, streaming services, you know I I haven't paid full price for my Netflix in like the last two or three years. I haven't paid full price for Hulu since I've I've gotten it. Thanks to raise, It's just extra steps, but it goes a long way. Absolutely. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise R-A-I-S-E. Also, too,
1: New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know, we, we, we talk about it all the time. Tetsuya Naito, the new IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion, Two Belts is back. Catch the match because uh, <laughs> the entire show has been great so far. I You know, in this particular show alone, we, we, we got to see a, a four-way in New Japan. It, that doesn't happen. Yeah,
2: that doesn't happen, man. That, uh, was, that was crazy to see. It was really cool
1: to see that. I mean, but before that, two shows before that, they had the the preliminary rounds to that match. Because that is for the, uh, the I forget what the name of the, the belt is going to be or the trophy is going to be. But it's like the king of pro wrestling. Yeah, really king was. of pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, the, some of the matches they have are really interesting. You you had a match that uh, one match was submissions only. Another match was a three on one handicap match again, something you don't see. Yeah. But another one that I've never seen before, where the match stipulation was, in order to win, you had to get only you only had to get a, get a two count.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> which is which is <laughs> which is nuts. It, it, it's a weird concept, but uh, it's really interesting to see that. You can catch all that New Japan Pro Wrestling World, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. WWE Network is 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. It's all one word. And uh, get yourself a a, a plethora of shows that are constantly being put on to that. That's one thing that they keep doing right is the WWE Network. I wish they would uh, have a little more of the independent shows like they said they were going to do. But, uh, you know, as long as they continuously do it on a weekly basis, I can live with that for now. But I'm going to need more boys. I'm going to need more. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I want to, as always, i got to send love to our friends over at Junction Collectibles, 20 x 20 slash podcast slash Junction Collectibles. Get yourself some good discounted collectibles. Guys, they got it all. They got it all. They had a great crew out there that's going to go out out of their way to try to find you exactly what you're looking for, for a price that you can afford. They will not be beat on price.
2: Never mind that. They're giving us our own promo code, 20X20SEPTEMBER. All one word. Go there. 25% off your first order. And trust me, folks that 25% the the prices are already unbeatable but an extra 25% on top of that you can't go wrong you can't go wrong again they will not be beat on
1: price and uh, man there's I absolutely absolutely love that that their products uh, Joe it's been a blast 102 is in the books 20 questions with the 20 by 20 crew or 20 by 20 by 20 or whatever you 20 want. by 20 by 20. Let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, man, You talked about the listener participation. How can they do that?
2: Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash20x20crew. Also on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash20x20crew. Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash 20x20 crew is our official Facebook page. But if you want to come talk to us on Facebook, please hit us up at facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20 wrestling talk. Um, thank you again for all the submissions over the past few weeks, uh, questions and comments. Uh, you guys have been awesome. Uh, also, We are on uh, our home on the web, 20x20crew.com, where you can find all of our past episodes, merchandise, and everything else, 20x20 or 20x20x20.
1: (laughs) Well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm all questioned out, so we're going to bid you adieu. Until then, I've been Matt, he's been Joe, you've been fantastic, and until next week, we will see see you in the ring. Wrestling!